Hello, everyone. Welcome and welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. My name is Tina Etheridge. I'm a radical ADHD and ADHD acceptance coach. And you may have noticed, you may not have noticed, that I did not record or publish a podcast last week. And I don't have a reason why. It just, it was my gut. It was my intuition. It was my brain and my body telling me, nope, this is not the vibe. This is not, this is not the, the mood. This is not the go. This is not what we're doing this week. And so I decided to honor that and choose persistence instead of consistency, right? I choose to be someone who continues to come back to doing the things that I want and love to do. And so just wanted to highlight that. I don't just talk about it. I use this kind of stuff every single day. So the things that I'm teaching, that I'm talking about, that I coach people on, I literally use for myself every single day. Um, And so I wanted to highlight that because I think it's an important moment. Um, I think it's really helpful when I share my experiences and provide things like templates because our brains love templates for how to choose persistence, how to, right, kind of like actually live out and not just cognitively experience, but in real life, action, in our body, in our nervous system, experiences for us to make the kind of neuroplasticity changes that we want to make in our lives. So, persistence moment last week, did not record a podcast, just didn't feel right. This week is a really hard week for me. Um, So it's an interesting sort of surprise that my brain is like, yes, I want to do this this week. I really want to be here. I want to be recording This week is the week two years ago, um, it's almost the day, I think it was like yesterday, two years ago that my boyfriend was diagnosed with testicular cancer and also, I don't know how many years ago it was, it was either 2007, 2008, maybe 2006, probably 2007 or 2008, but I couldn't tell you which one and I also couldn't tell you which date because my brain chooses not to remember and I'm totally fine with that, but... Some 15, 16, 17 years ago, it right around this time, literally this week, is when my mom passed away when I was 15. Oh, I literally just did the math. So 16 years ago. If I was 15, I know what age I am now. I can do that math. So yes, 16 years ago, right around this time, my mom passed away. And I don't know if anyone else experiences this or has experienced this, but my brain literally will not allow me, support me in remembering exactly which day my mom died. It's not that I don't know. Um, it's kind of that I don't want to know. Like I've certainly had opportunities to be like, oh, I could write this on my calendar of like, this is the anniversary of my mom's death or even her birthday. Like I know it's in February, but I literally don't know exactly which day. Is it like the 11th? Is it the 14th? Is it the 15th? I don't know. And right, I've had opportunities where people tell me, oh, your mom's birthday was today or, ooh, today was the day that she passed away. But my brain, like I don't write it down. I don't put it on a calendar. My brain, I kind of like support my brain and like letting it go because for me, this is so personal. This is so um, individual, right? I think everybody needs to grieve in the way that is best for them. But for me, I do not want to know the day that shit happened, like I don't want to come in to a moment being like, okay, November, I don't know, 11th is the day that my mom passed away and be like, oh, what a hard, heavy day. Like, I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. I'm going to know, right? 
even this week before I remembered, recalled that, oh, this is a week that Sean got diagnosed with cancer two years ago. And, oh, this is a week that my mom passed away. Like, I didn't even think about those things this week. I was just feeling, and I have been feeling, this heaviness, this exhaustion, this feeling of fatigue and tiredness in my body. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what's going on here. And then days later, like literally today, I had the realization of like, oh, this is what's been going on. This is what's happening. My my part of my brain, my subconscious part of my brain and my body remembers. But anyway, I'm not the kind of person that really wants to remember like, oh, yes, this is the anniversary of this really difficult thing. I would rather have the experience be very diffuse. Like I'm going to generally remember what time of year um, or what general time of month stuff happened, but I rather would not be hit with it by like one big hard day. I'd rather just let it to be like, yep, it was generally around this time. And for me, my experience is that it sort of spreads out the grieving, um, like spreading out, I don't know, butter or jelly on a very, very long piece of toast rather than a tiny piece of toast. That's what it feels like for me. So I don't know if anybody else's brain is wired that way, um, but mine is. So it has been a difficult brain body kind of week um, and that's okay. And it's so funny as I'm recording this, I'm like, oh my God, I want to talk to you guys about all of these things. Like I have like six different things right now in my brain that I'm like, ah, I want to talk to you about these things. Um, So, you know, I just want to say sometimes taking a week off is a good thing. It is not bad. So really where I'm coming to all of this with you is today I want to talk about impulsive spending and hyperfixation spending. So I actually have a class, a master class on impulsive spending that is available. It's going to be available until the end of the year, December 31st. Um, That doesn't mean that it's not going to be available ever again, but who knows? I'm very intuitive when it comes to my business. And so I might just be taking it off forever and that's it. Or I might like repackage it in a certain way, but I can guarantee that the way that it exists currently is not going to be available after December 31st. Um, So I'm going to talk about some of the main concepts that I teach in that class with you here today. And if this is something that resonates with you or connects with you and you want group support, right? You want to be able to get coaching from me on this group coaching. I have, as the course is packaged now, um, it comes with access to a private Facebook group where you are able to post questions or challenges or struggles and I coach you through that. So that is an opportunity to work with me um, that is no longer going to be available after December 31st. Certainly that part where you get to work with me on impulsive spending is not going to be available. So I can say that much, but the content will probably surface its way back or I might do another course or who knows. I have no idea, but (laughs) things are changing. So anyway, the thing that I want to share with you today is a really kind of personal experience that I have because I think, again, templates can be very useful and how I am navigating my own experience with my desire to impulse buy and my desire to hyperfixation spend. So if you don't know already, right, I mean, this kind of makes sense with executive dysfunction and ADHD, Um, impulsivity is part of our 
executive functioning. Impulse control is part of our executive functioning. So we go to the store and we see a shiny cute thing and we're like, ah, I need to buy this. And we don't think about our budgets. We don't think about our bank accounts. We buy the thing. That is a very, very, very common experience. But I think the other side of it that is less discussed is not the impulse buy of, cool, I popped into Target and I saw this thing and I was not planning to buy it. I wasn't even thinking about its existence and I'm going to buy it right now versus a hyperfixation spending, which is you are full on hyperfixation, like obsessed. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, like obsessed, having the best time learning about it and researching about this thing and you've devoured the whole internet and you've read all of the reviews and all of the pros and cons and you know the whole market and what exists and what doesn't and you really 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 want to buy this thing like the want the desire is massive so i think that is an experience that is less talked about in our community um but it is equally as prevalent and sometimes even more so i can say for myself um, I have less of an impulsive spending problem, quote unquote problem, maybe a challenge would be a more gentle word, and more of a challenge with hyperfixation spending. And currently, um, currently, here's where I am this week, I am full on hyperfixation focused on journals and stationery and washi tape and stickers. Oh my God, the cutest stickers ever. Like these cute little planner stickers and journal stickers and watercolor stickers. And there's so many. Um, pens, brush pens, gel pens, like, uh, gosh, Hobonichis. Like I am full on hyperfixated. I have been watching every YouTube video I can get my hands on. I am all over the Reddit. I am on all of the subreddits. Like I have been through it all. I'm learning, learning, learning and having a great time. However, Christmas time is nearly upon us and my boyfriend's family actually celebrates Christmas. My family does not celebrate Christmas. We spend time together, but we don't buy each other gifts. We just buy gifts for the children because we're a family of very neurodivergent people and gift buying is stressful for us. So alternatively, my boyfriend's family loves Christmas. They love gift buying. They love giving each other gifts. So culturally, it's very different for me and it means that pretty much for the first time ever, um, I need to budget for holidays for Christmas for people other than children. So like a lot more people, basically. And that being said, it means that this time of the year, my discretionary income, what is that? Is that the right word? My discretionary funds, discretionary, non-discretionary. Oh my God. Hold on. Non-discretionary funds. There we go. Because discretionary would be like groceries and auto insurance and non-discretionary would be fun things that are not necessary. There we go. So my non-discretionary funds are very limited this time of year and my brain, oh my gosh, you guys, the planner stationary journal community, you would be surprised how much you can spend on Things that you think are such like general household commodities like pens, paper, planners, stickers, washi, like I just wouldn't have thought it would be so expensive, but it really, really is. And I am currently in this place where I want to buy things. I want to buy things so badly. I really, really do. And this is a so, this is such a common experience for me. And I'll start when I when I want to open this up here with starting with this experience that I want to share. 
So not even maybe two, maybe three months ago, I was this exact same level, hyperfixation, obsessed, having the best time researching, learning, wanting, wanting, wanting when it comes to a gaming PC. So, you know, like the cool with the LED and the colors, like gaming PC. I've never had one. I haven't had a PC since I was maybe 16. Um, I've always had laptops since then. And anyway, right, they're more powerful. They're better for gaming. And I was getting really into gaming. And my MacBook, Mac, I don't know if you know this, but Macs are not the best for gaming. PCs are way better. And so I wanted to drop somewhere between $600 to $2,000 on a new gaming PC. And I could go back. I mean, I could go back. I I could probably track my hyperfixations and my desires and my want to buys. Like I could totally do that if I sat down and thought about it, but um I could right, I could go back every year of my life <laughs> from until the age of uh childhood basically for my hyperfixation want to buys. And you know, the other big one before then was, and this was, you know, 2020, I think we were all in this boat and some people did buy them, but Peloton. Oh my God. I wanted a Peloton so badly. I was ready to buy. I was ready to hit that purchase button. I was so ready for that Peloton and I did not buy a Peloton and I did not buy a gaming PC and I am sitting with the discomfort currently of wanting to buy all of the planners and I have bought one planner, but I'm kind of right trying to regulate myself to sit with my discomfort because I don't need three planners when they're not planners. Uh, do I want to go into this? No, I don't. They're not planners. I don't believe planners work for my brain. I don't believe planners work for most ADHD brains. Not all, most. They definitely don't work for me. It's not a planner. It's a journal. I will not go on that tangent today. That's okay. Okay, reeling it back, (laughs) reeling it back. What am I trying to say here? So I did not buy a Peloton. I did not buy a gaming PC and I am not planning to buy the two other planners my brain really, really wants to buy and mm, all of the pens and also the um, photo printers, the mini photo printers that my brain wants to buy. I am sitting with my discomfort to not purchase those. And I will tell you why. And this is one of the first principles that I want to share with you when it comes to impulsive spending. If we look back and track our history when it comes to hyperfixations and interests and want to buys, most often, most of the time, it is a cyclical experience, right? We can have, we can make a wish list and a year from then, six months from then, we can look at that wish list and there are things that we would cross off and be like, no, I'm not really interested in that anymore. Nah, I don't really want that anymore. So first off is the knowledge and the understanding that just because we're hyperfixation, like totally obsessed with it, doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to feel this way forever, right? I think the emotions that we experience when we're hyperfixated are so strong and the dopamine, right? Like it's just all such a whirlwind and it feels so intense and so strong that it can feel like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. I absolutely have to have this. This is who I am now, right? I'm a rollerblader now. I need these roller skates. This is who I am. This is how, who I will always be. And if we just take a minute to step 20 steps back and zoom out, we can probably see that, you know, at least for me in my experience, this is a pattern that I have and it is very cyclical. 
and it's most likely to change over time. That doesn't mean that it will always change over time, but very frequently it does. So first is just that awareness of, right, the things that we feel may not last forever, right? Just because we feel it doesn't mean that we're going to feel that way forever. This is the same way that I have to treat myself during my um, premenstrual, oh God, PMDD, I'm not going to get the acronym today, PMDD, or actually like during my period dysregulation, um, I have to treat myself the same way. Of Like, hey, Tina, I know you feel incredibly depressed and, you know, are experiencing suicidal ideation right now, but just because you feel this right now does not mean that you're going to feel this way forever. I have to remind myself that because my brain, once I'm in it, it's like, oh, this is it. This is, this is where I'm at. I'm going to feel this way forever. I need to experience relief from my discomfort. Um, and right, that's why so often in the past I have bought my hyperfixation, um, obsessions because I'm like, oh, if I buy it, then I'll feel this sense of completion or this sense of relief. But so often that has resulted in me regretting a purchase, right? I buy it, it comes in the box, you open the box, you're so excited to use it, you use it for a little while, and then after a few weeks, after a few months, you don't use it ever again. And so this is the next part that I want to talk about is this specific phenomenon of the little dopamine sparkle that we get fading out, wearing off, and it's a really interesting experience because I know in the moment we think, yes, like I said before, this is who I am now. I'm going to be this way forever. I want to be someone who roller skates and it's going to be so awesome. I'm going to have so much fun and we visualize our lives, you know, using this thing that we're buying. Um, and then the sparkle sparkle wears off and we don't really use it as much as we thought we would. And it can kind of feel like the sense of, mm, you know, I really wish I hadn't bought that. I really wish I hadn't spent money on this or now I have to sell it. <laughs> And the reason for this is, and this is, whoo, this is like the question I ask every single time I experience this is what does this hyperfixation tell you about your unmet needs? Or it can also work for impulse spending. What does this, you know, desire to buy this item tell you about your unmet needs? And this is a really powerful way to distinguish and differentiate between the hell yes purchases of like, oh my gosh, no regrets. This is amazing. I'm so happy I have this versus the dang, I really wish I hadn't bought this. What does this hyperfixation, what does this, you know, impulsive want tell you about your unmet needs? And so walking it back, right? When it came to the Peloton in 2020, I did not need a Peloton. I did not need it. That was not my unmet need. My unmet need was I needed and wanted a way to do cardio in a way that felt safe during the pandemic. Couldn't go to classes, couldn't do in-person yoga classes or fitness classes or whatever else. Um, even in, to some extent, you know, walking outside was a little uncomfortable. Not super uncomfortable because I lived in a suburb, but a little bit. I, it was kind of like a suburb city. So um, that was a need that I had. But I realized that the need could be met by buying a very cheap, inexpensive, comparatively very inexpensive exercise bike. Um that was just like a regular basic bike, like not the fancy Peloton bike. 
and using the tablet that I already had, that, oh, here we go, that I already had, using the things that I already have to use the Peloton app, right? I could pay for the app and, um, right, use the Peloton classes on that bike. And I did that and it was amazing. And as soon as I was doing all these things and kind of recognizing like, wait, I have everything I need, the desire and the want and the frenzied craving to buy a Peloton just ebbed away. And it was the same thing for my gaming PC, right? What does this tell me about my unmet needs? Um, it told me that I want, right? I want, I really what I was wanting then was I was wanting my own hobbies, right? Something that I enjoy, something that I love doing. Um, my boyfriend is so good at hobbies. He's excellent at hobbies. Hobbies are a skill that I'm beginning to develop because of a history of perfectionism. It's been very challenging. So coming back to hobbies as an imperfectionist is pretty new for me in the last couple of years. So for gaming, right, I wanted this gaming PC, but really like, what does this tell me about my needs? I don't need a gaming PC. I just need to be gaming, right? If that's what I want to do, if I want to have this hobby, I don't need to spend $2,000 on a PC when I already own a Nintendo Switch and I already have at my availability, my boyfriend's gaming, uh, not PC, his gaming laptop. So he has a PC and a gaming laptop. And he doesn't use the gaming laptop. Like, it's totally free for me to use. It doesn't get enough use already. And so, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why do I need to spend two grand on a gaming PC when I can just be gaming and using what I already have available to me? So kind of like in this framework, I'm able to navigate, like, what are my needs and how do I actually meet the need? And I feel like nine times out of 10, the need isn't that I need to buy this new shiny thing. The need is I need to be using or doing the things I want to do or like using the things that I already have to do the thing that I want to do. The example that I share in my class is in 2021, I was hyper fixated on cameras and digital cameras and um, what are they called? Mirrorless cameras. And I wanted to buy one so bad and I wanted to drop, it must've been like $3,000 on one. And I realized, no, I don't need to buy a new camera. I literally have a camera that I'm not using. I need to be using the camera that I already have. And so I went out. It was a beautiful, gorgeous fall day. I went out and I took pictures of the fall foliage and my dog Melody. And I had so much fun. And literally, as soon as I went out and took photos with my camera, the wanting, wanting hyperfixation frenzy of like, oh my God, I have to buy this camera. I have to have it. I have to have it. Again, it faded away, it dissipated. And so this question of like, how do you meet your needs? Like, do you really need to buy a new pair of slippers or is the need that you have comfort and you can achieve that comfort by using the slippers that you already own? Like, this is a really important distinction to be aware of. And the last thing, the last sort of facet of this experience that I wanna share, I have so much more in my masterclass, in my impulsive spending masterclass, but um, you know, to kind of keep it brief uh, and accessible here because I think I have like nine videos and like six hours or something of, I don't know, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but I have a lot, a lot, a lot of information in this class and I don't want this to be a two hour long podcast episode. But the last thing I want to share today is this other facet, which is what is going to be expansive to you versus where does the line that it then becomes excessive? So this difference between what is expansive and what is excessive. And so how I look at that is this. 
right? For my um, planner journal sort of experience, right? Expansive for me is I do not have a journal in which I would feel very comfortable memory keeping. This is kind of the area that I want it to explore for 2024 is preserving memories because my memories are so fuzzy and hazy and blurry and they always have have been like I don't remember what I did for my anniversary last year and that was like our first year anniversary and all I remember is that we went to sushi I don't remember anything I'm sure we did more but I don't remember what it was and so for moments like that I want to memory keep I want to preserve my memories I want to have a space for joy and witnessing and gratitude and so I don't have a space for that right I have um journals that I would not feel comfortable storing photos in them, Um, right? The whole like acid-free paper and archival quality and everything else. And so I bought a planner journal that is meant exactly for this purpose. And that felt expansive, right? That was meeting a need. One of my deep needs for 2024 is to witness my life and document my life and notice the tiny, tiny, mundane, beautiful, miracle moments of, right, the light outside and the fact that my dog is in my life and holding hands with my boyfriend in bed while we're watching a documentary. Like, I want to capture these little, tiny, beautiful moments um, because I do journal almost every day. I journal a lot, but usually what I'm journaling is for processing my emotions and the hard shit and the really painful stuff and all of that. And so my journals have not been a place for me to be like, oh yes, I'm so glad I remember this beautiful moment or this little glimmer. My journals are like, oh, this is all the really hard, heavy shit. And it's not super fun to look back on them, to be honest. Um, Sometimes it's like, oh great, I've grown from here. But other times I'm like, damn, yeah, that was really freaking hard. And so buying one, one journal planner thingy felt expansive to me, right? It definitely meets a need. Um, However, excessive for me would be buying the two other ones that I want to buy because I'm kind of like, what would I even use them for? And I don't even know what I would use them for. I don't even know what I would put in them. I just want them. I just want them. And the need is not that I need to be buying these other things. The need is I need to use the planner journal that I already freaking have. And that is how I meet my unmet need. And so... Another example of this for me is I love diamond painting. I've talked about diamond painting on Instagram and on my podcast. I love it, love it, love it. Um, However, I do not want to be a collector, right? I don't want my hobby to be collecting. Collecting is a very valid hobby. If you are a collector, you make so much sense. Collecting is a hobby, but it is a very different um, kind of hobby, right? And you have to approach it very differently. I feel like I could teach a whole class on collecting as a hobby and how to navigate impulsive spending and hyperfixation spending as a hobby collector. However, I am not a collector. Um, And so with that being said, I had this experience of being like, oh my gosh, these are all these diamond paintings and I want all of them. They're so cool and I want to have them and I don't want them to like run out of stock on this one. And I have this impulse and this desire to like um, buy a lot of them, right? Like buy all of the ones I want. But the thing about diamond painting is it takes me months. I think it might take me six months to a year to finish the one that I'm currently working on. It's huge. It's massive. And so the thing is I could buy, sure, I could buy these like 10 diamond paintings that I'm dying to have, but then they'd just be sitting there 
unused and then I would it would take me years to get through them and I don't really want that and so excessive to me is like more than one diamond painting in the stash shall we say that would be excessive to me but expansive for me is making sure that yes I do have a diamond painting that I can work on because it's very important for my emotional regulation so that's another example of expansive versus excessive and it's going to be really personal. It's going to be very individual, but you need to figure out for yourself where is that line where this is meeting a need and it feels expansive and it's a hell yes for me um, because it meets a need versus where's the line that it begins to become excessive. Like when I bought, um, when I was hyper fixated on tarot, I bought like three or four different tarot decks and I had this moment of being like, oh, I'm I'm going into collector mode. I'm I actually don't think I'll ever use all of these decks. I won't really get the full use out of these decks. And so I returned um I don't know, like 3 of them, so I just had one. And because that was excessive. For me that was excessive and I was able to recognize that. So, these are my thoughts on impulsive spending. These are the kind of things that have really, really helped me and a lot of my clients when it comes to impulse and hyperfixation spends. And so much of this work is truly about the ability to sit with your discomfort, right? The ability to sit in discomfort and to show yourself that it is safe to feel uncomfortable. Like the list of things that I'm going to want to buy today, now, or in the future is truly infinite. It is a reflection of my own creativity. It is a reflection of my own capacity for joy and showing myself that it's safe to want, right? That it's not this sort of experience of like, oh, right, let me make a list of all the things I want. And if only I could just cross off and buy everything on that list, then I'll feel happy. Then I'll feel complete. Then I'll be able to feel the sense of peace or relief. Um, isn't actually true, right? That is that is false. <laughs> that is not accurate because there is no end to the list. The list is infinite. It is a reflection of our creativity. It is a reflection of our joy. The list of things we could possibly want is infinite. And so making it safe to want, making it safe to sit with the discomfort of wanting and kind of having these frameworks to navigate what are my actual needs what are my unmet needs that I can meet in a certain way? And how can I meet them? Um, what What is filling my expansion, right? My internal expansion. All of these kinds of questions are going to be really, really important. If you're someone like me who experiences hyperfixations when it comes to things that you really, 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 really want. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was useful. And again, I have a masterclass that's going to be available until December 31st on impulsive spending. Um, the framework where it is, is I think it's nine video classes. It's an impulsive spending handbook. So all of the basic class content broken down into written chapters and a PDF that you can read. And then also the class audios are available as podcasts. So it's like a private podcast that you could just listen to the class episodes while you're doing laundry or commuting to work or wherever else. And then also access to the private Facebook group where you can get coaching from me on these different subjects. So that will be available until December 31st. And after that, 
I don't know what to tell you, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> so again, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this podcast was to make sure that the the frameworks, the structures, the principles are available to people. Um, I also have some Instagram posts where I talk about impulsive spending and the concepts from the class on my Instagram page at Comfort and Kindness, but you might have to do a little bit of digging for them because um, it was like last year. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, thank you for getting it. Thank you for getting it, truly. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of the feedback and the joy and the celebration. Um, I really do appreciate all of your feedback. Like, please know that it is never, oh my gosh, I keep hitting this thing. It's never too much. It's never excessive. It's never annoying for me to receive kindness from people. <laughs> like, that is never going to be a problem for me. Like, every single time somebody messages me on Instagram or replies to my email newsletter, it is a moment of pure joy and elation and just appreciation um, and so much gratitude. So thank you. Thank you to everyone. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Hope your November is good. And I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye.